Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. May 3rd, 1985. Operation Rough Rider. And who is former undercover FBI agent Kevin Bonner? Coming up. Operation Rough Rider. That was an undercover FBI sting that netted multiple arrests throughout the country of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club. A lot of people don't understand that it was a different time period. We still get the bias from not only law enforcement, but citizens, or even those in the biker community, motorcycle enthusiasts, against motorcycle clubs because of the past. Because of some of the stuff that happened in the past, which we can't deny that it happened. It's there. It's history. But I would have to emphasize history for a moment. I did an interview with Shaggy 1% from the Invaders Motorcycle Club a couple episodes ago. And in there, we discussed how it is a different time period, how it is not like it used to be. In these days, especially 85, the 90s, technology as it exists today wasn't there back then. You could do all kinds of stuff. For Christ's sakes, beepers weren't even around yet. You know, the beepers where you go to the payphone, and a payphone is where you put quarters in for all you youngins. The cell phones, the computers did not exist. So, yeah, you had a lot of returning Vietnam vets who were really upset and had a discontent against the government of the United States. Christ's sakes, look what they had to go through with Vietnam. They weren't allowed to fight. They weren't allowed to win that war. The welcome that they got when they came back to the States was actually despicable. Anyway, so there was a more harder core feeling within the club scene. When they said they were outside of society's norms, outside the society's laws, they meant it. They weren't kidding around back then. Back then, it was a lot more intense process to become a member of a motorcycle club. A lot of people today in some of the bigger clubs, and all clubs for that uh, matter, they live off the reputation of those that came before them. Because quite honestly, it was hardcore back then, and it was these kind of incidences that gave the reputation the clubs that they still enjoy today. 
Is it a good thing, bad thing? You decide. But when it came to Operation Rough Rider, it was a huge bust back in 90 or 85. And you got to remember, the federal government already busted the Banditos, the Vagos, many other big clubs in this kind of operation. Now, Kevin Bonner, he was an undercover FBI agent. What he did was work with an informer who was doing prison time that was offered a chance to join the Hells Angels. Now, of course, this is the viewpoint from them. We don't know how it all went down. All I can tell you is what I've been reading on the case, how they got in, and as usual, it's usually an informer. And if it's true that he was recruited from prison... Uh, that would have sent up red flags today because everybody knows that when you're in prison, you're, you know, somebody's going to try to work a deal. That's the way they do. It was a two-year investigation. And what they would do is go from the East Coast to the West Coast. This hit Connecticut pretty big. And they would buy up you know, methamphetamine, this and that. And methamphetamine, back in the 80s, late 70s as well, all the way through the 90s, was one of the biggest things that was being pushed. People wanted to stay up all weekend and party. Yeah, you needed something to get you through with it. And of course, from there, it's called the poor man's friggin' drug. Still is today. So bikers back then were associated with that type of drug. That type of manufacturing. The drug laws in the United States now where they took off Sudafed from uh, the shelves. You can't buy it in any quantity. That has enabled the Mexican drug cartels to come in and take over that kind of business. I like how Jake Carzal said on the stand during his Waco trial how the banditos now are not the banditos of our fathers. Again, you had chambers that actually came from the 60s air. And they were hardcore people back then. They did not play around. They didn't want to play around with you. So again, that's how the reputation continues to today. But let me give you an overview on some of the archive footage from that time. The New York Times had this. The LA Times had it. The Chicago Tribune Everybody had this. This was major breaking news in 1985. Let's take a look. New York Times, 100 Hells Angels members are arrested in drug sweep. A hundred of them. And this article was, uh, again, New York Times' Leslie Werner. 
During the raids, it was in 11 states, 100 members and associates were arrested on charges of drug trafficking and racketeering. How hardcore these boys were, a Connecticut state trooper was shot in the abdomen and a hip when one suspect fired through the door. 15 people were arrested in New York, including an East Village resident who the FBI said was the president of the club's East and European chapters. The raid was carried out by over a thousand law enforcement officers, and we know how that works. They bring in so many damn law enforcement officers to make a big impact on the nightly news. And again, it lasted more than two years, which an agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and an informer traveled with gang members and became friendly with them. The director of the FBI back then, Webster, said that $2 million worth of meth, coke, hashish, PCP, LSD, and other drugs were obtained. My question right there would be, was it for mass distribution or was it personal stuff being passed around? Because if these guys were traveling around with the club, why is there no mention of, say, a drug line going? They were buying, I believe, personal stuff And in the end, what they did was sacked it all together. My personal beliefs. Now, how old this really is, the Big Four, that's what it used to be called before the Big Five, was the Big Four. That was the Hells Angels, Outlaws, Pagans, and Banditos. They give a little background of the Hells Angels, and they already got it wrong. The oldest and most sophisticated. The Hells Angels started in the 40s. Another club started in the 30s, so they got that wrong right there. The news conference with uh, Attorney General Edwin Meese described the club as a very violence-prone organization. Ain't that what they always say? It started in Baltimore in 1982, spread across the country. Uh, arrested, and now, here's the uh, locations that they hit. They hit Albany, New York City, Boston, Newark, New Haven, Cleveland, New Orleans, Omaha, Phoenix, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco. Kevin P. Bonner said that he and an unnamed informant had traveled extensively throughout the United States for the purpose of facilitating and or actually engaging in criminal conduct. Something I don't understand. They can engage in criminal conduct. I get it. But the more serious question is, Do they instigate it? Meaning, you have a perfectly innocent club member that they approach 
and say, hey, I got this deal going, you want to get involved? That's entrapment in my eyes, but that's instigating it as well. Kevin Bonner, he was, you would hear that name all the time in the 80s, and it all came from this bust. It's kind of like that schluck, Steve Cook. The only thing he ever did was take down a couple people from the Galloping Goose. But from that point on, he's all of a sudden a biker club expert. He does his speaking tours, he gets his paycheck, the whole nine yards. That's what these people usually do after something like this. The two statues involved in this was Rico. Oh yeah, lovely Rico, baby. Uh, it included, allegedly, contract murders, extortion, bribery, and harboring fugitives. And here's where it says in the affidavit, the investigation began through contacts made by the Bureau's informant when he was incarcerated at a federal correctional institution in Petersburg, Virginia, along with Robert Hoss Hall, the president of the Confederate Angels, who were affiliated with the Hells Angels back then. Confederate Angels, man, that's old school right there. So basically, this FBI agent working with these other two had his in, and I can almost guarantee in 1985, he really had to do something illegal. He was, you know, they say that they're not allowed to do drugs or any of that, but back in 1985, I almost have to guarantee he had to do some stuff to get in them clubs. Again, different time period and different ways of doing things. I think it's actually that time period that scares the hell out of people about prospecting today. Because prospecting back then was some hardcore stuff. Nobody can deny it. It was hardcore. You had to prove yourself to be a damn man. Nowadays, not so much like that because, again, things change. Mentality changes. God, do I know that. People tell me that all the time. But I do think that he might have done some instigation. He might have set some stuff up because we know that's true. Even if you look at George Christie's book, Exile on Front Street where he was talking about the tattoo shop and the setup with the explosion, the whole nine yards. It's not uncommon for law enforcement to do that, and it's surely not uncommon for law enforcement to start gang wars. Meaning, here in Chicago, between the Disciples or the Vice Lords, stuff like that. It's not uncommon for them to do these type of things. So if you don't think that they would do it with an MC, something's wrong. It was 79 when they started with the Angels with Barger. That's their first Rico attempt. And then they went after the other clubs. It was not cool to be a biker back then. Long, you think it's bad today? It was horrendous back then. 
They were on your nuts 24-7. I don't know what happened to this Kevin Bonner. I don't know if he has to be retired by now. But he did spend two years, and again, I think he came down to personal stuff. They would just buy anything they can get. And then at the end of the day, they put it into a, a freaking center of the table and say, okay, this is what we got. It's a criminal organization. Again, I can't defend anything. I'm just going over the history of what I see. It's up to you guys to go and do the further research since I only skim. I want to put the information out there to history. That way you can go more in depth on your own time and make up your own decision. But I do want to highlight that it was different time periods. What they did back then you cannot do in 2021 it's over with that kind of stuff is over you can't do it anymore for instance when you see a club take down another club's guy or something like that they're caught within a freaking 48 72 hours why because of technology everywhere you go you're on camera anytime you fight Somebody pulls out a cell phone, posts it on YouTube, TikTok, what have you. What do you guys think of Operation Rough Rider? What do you guys think about the time period now? Meaning the difference between modern and past. Let me know. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, don't forget to like and share everything. I appreciate all the support. You're awesome. Talk to you later.